Welcome to the all-new Changing Worldviews podcast with Sharon Hughes. Broadcast journalism you can trust to bring you the truth regarding the issues of our day and the worldviews behind them, politically, culturally, and religiously. For such a time as this. Freeing the minds of the brainwashed masses. Now, here's Sharon. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today on the show. What if I tell you that things are changing, that America's global empire is crumbling, the hegemony of Western nations is dying, and a new alliance is looking to replace it, an alliance led by three countries, Russia, China, and Iran. The time has come for the world to move in a new direction. We must embrace a new era of engagement based on mutual interest and mutual respect. And our work must begin now. And the president outlined his vision of a new world order in which the U.S. would participate fully. One rooted on four basic principles. Non-proliferation and disarmament. The promotion of peace and security. The preservation of our planet and a global economy that advances opportunity for all people. And now's the time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's gonna be a new world order out there. We've gotta lead it. We've gotta unite the rest of the free world and do it. What does the Treaty of Rome, the League of Nations, the United Nations, and the European Union all have in common? What two elements need to be in place for the overturning of society to move it towards a one-world economic government system? And where is America in the plan? I talked about this on an earlier show. This is what we said. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no secret is revealed. I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. Confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. Every single one of us are, have been, and continue to be affected by what is going on. Well, world leaders are aware of what's going on, and you may or may not know that the next phase in the plan to correct this took place at the G20 meeting when they formed something called the World Stability Board, and the United States has three board members on that World Stability Board. Not a lot of folks understand what is really going on. Certainly the mainstream media reports that these things happen, but few understand or are explaining what this means for us. 
we believe that the formation of a world government is happening right before our eyes, even if we don't see it. Globalization can be a good thing or can be a, a bad thing. It depends on what's being globalized. Globalism is the construction of a global governance system. Globalism is right now the technical capacity to reach any human being in the world. Globalism is the most powerful force for both integrating nation states and also the most powerful force for pushing and driving an ideology. For the last probably 40 years, uh, we have seen the left try to move decision making from the local level to the state level, then from the state level to the federal level. And we're at a point now where they're trying to move from the federal level of the United States government to international levels. Founded in 1945 after World War II by 51 countries, the United Nations has become the banner organization for world peace and human rights. Through the UN, member states negotiate conventions and international treaties which when ratified become legally binding. When you talk about the UN, there are two ways to, to think about it. On the one level, uh, the United Nations is comprised of sovereign member states. However, there's also the UN system, which is comprised of various UN agencies like the United Nations Population Fund or UNICEF, which have a very radical agenda and seek to impose, uh, oftentimes it's a pro-abortion policy, uh, on sovereign nations. In May of 2009, a United Nations Compliance Committee accused Nicaragua of violating the UN Convention Against Torture and the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women because of Nicaragua's full protection of the unborn. Strangely enough, Amnesty International, which until 2007 remained neutral on abortion, has now sided with pro-abortion lobby groups by accusing Nicaragua of torture violations because of their pro-life view. You see that they come under attack from the uh, uh, international pro-abortion movement and they attempt to misuse international law to say that there is a right to abortion in international law. And Sometimes it's activist organizations like the Center for Reproductive Rights. Other times it's certain United Nations agencies. That's just a clip of a new DVD by Truth in Action talking about globalism as an example of how international law trumps national law on every area. This idea of trying to erase all distinctions uh, and impose one uh, set of standards, whatever those kind of standards might be, uh, for the world, we end up trying to substitute ourselves for God. When we lose sight of the Creator, the creature becomes unintelligible. And so people can't make sense of what human rights are anymore because there's no longer the acknowledgement of God in public life. One of the most alarming agendas pushed by global elites is the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, which although it may have some necessary protections for minors, also legally empowers children over their parents. If the UN Treaty on the Rights of the Child is ratified in the US, freedoms like teaching your children a Christian curriculum in a private school or homeschool setting could be removed, undermining the role of parents in their child's upbringing. The United Nations is trying to build a system in which unelected, uh, largely unknown bureaucrats are able to set policy and uh, have that foisted on citizens uh, throughout the world. 
the two things that have to be in place for the overturning of a culture or society to move it towards a more global, international world government. And those two things are, number one, economic crisis. Number two, war. And those two elements were in place early 1900s, World War One. We saw the development of the League of Nations. We're in place again with the crash of 29, World War Two. We saw the development of the United Nations. And we see again the move towards world government. We're going to take a break. Stay with us more when we get back. Dina from Northern Illinois. I just started taking Alive Again about two and a half months ago, and I can't believe how much difference my joints feel. I feel actually more alive. I don't have pain in my joints. I have more energy. So thank you very much for those products. They are absolutely incredible, and I will be taking them for many, many, many more years. Just one ounce a day of superfruit, 75 plus nutrients in a base of 100% aloe vera. And if you go to Apex Health, A-P-E-X, health.life slash Sharon, you can order your first bottle or bottles at the special price. Call 833-334-5433. Again, 833-334-5433. Using the promo code Sharon Special. This month's special offer is the book, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century, because September is National Preparedness Month. This book has 20 experts in fields of science, politics, warfare, finance, ethics, theology, and much more who offer experienced advice. And you can get your copy for $15.00. Just by sending your check to Changing Worldviews, P.O. Box 995, Cedar Ridge, California, 95924. Again, P.O. Box 995, Cedar Ridge, California, 95924. How to overcome the most frightening issues you will face this century. September is the month to be prepared. You're listening to Sharon Hughes, coming to you from the wild, wild west, and we mean wild. Our president may be willing to cede some of our rights and our our authority in order to further promote globalization and internationalization of law, jurisprudence, economics, currency, moral values, such universal uh, rights as worldwide reproductive rights, for instance, and worldwide population control. These international agencies are uh, certainly a double-edged sword. There can be so much good accomplished when we come together, when we communicate, and yet uh, so much harm when we try to uh, redefine the meaning of life, individual rights, and of justice. Thanks for staying with us. Now, my discussion with Dr. Stan Monteith about what some claim is just a conspiracy theory and others, such as Dr. Monteith, believe the contrary, that it indeed is fact. A new world order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law 
not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. The time has come for the world to move in a new direction. We must embrace a new era of engagement based on mutual interest and mutual respect. And our work must begin now. And now is the time when things are shifting. We're going to, there's going to be a new world order out there. And we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. The globalists that have an agenda for a one-world government, a new world order, the Bible talks about a one-world government system, a one-world economic system, a one-world religious system. In your book, The Brotherhood of Darkness, you talk about the Trilateral Commission, you talk about the Club of Rome, you talk about the skull and bones fraternity, really, that has been a part of this whole network that has primed and produced presidents and other leaders around the world. They all tie into the Brotherhood of Darkness. There are a myriad of secret societies, covert societies, and societies to the Council on Foreign Relations, which is a front for a secret society that was created in 1891 by Cecil Rhodes. People who put Obama into power. We have a talk called the Financial Armageddon, which will give you the quotes from the people who talk about the necessity of getting Barack Obama into the presidency, how he was put into power by the Trilateral Commission, the small little group of about 85 people who control the banks and the corporations, and David Rockefeller leads this organization. He's primarily dedicated to population control. He's the richest man in the United States and probably one of the two richest men in the whole world, but that's never mentioned because they control the media and most people honestly believe it's Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. They are pikers compared to the Rockefellers. We know their agenda because David Rockefeller's nephew, Stephen Rockefeller, wrote the Earth Charter. That's the Earth Charter written by David Rockefeller's nephew and you can pull it down off the internet and they really want it destroy our nation. They want to transfer our wealth to other nations. They're open about the redistribution of the wealth, not only within nations, but between nations, sending our jobs and our factories and our wealth overseas. But it won't be so bad because there won't be so many people left when they get down. They're carrying it out. Why won't they be honest with the American people? That's why we do what we do, Sharon. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate so much the opportunity to be on with you and to share with your listeners that hopefully they'll try to prove me wrong because that, of course, could be their undoing just as I heard this story 47 years ago and I tried to prove it was wrong. So I hope people will take everything I've said and challenge it and begin to do the research and remember there's an awful lot of great information on the Internet, but they plant a lot of disinformation. I wanted to play that short segment with Dr. Monteith because he touches on the various organizations that we will be looking at. But for now, here's an audio clip that we found of Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State addressing the Council on Foreign Relations. And very interesting is to hear her say how the State Department, the United States government, takes their orders from the CFR. And also a clip by Bill Clinton and on the Rockefeller Brothers. Here you go. 
Thank you very much, um, Richard, and I am delighted to be here in these new headquarters. Um, I have been often to, uh, I guess, the mothership in New York City, uh, but it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. Uh, we get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have this far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. But I look out at uh, this audience filled with uh, not only many friends and colleagues, uh, but people who have served in prior administrations. And so there is never a time when the inbox is not full. You know, shortly um, before I started at the State Department, a former Secretary of State called me with this advice don't try to do too much. And it seemed like a wise admonition if only it were possible. But the international agenda today is unforgiving. Two wars, conflict in the Middle East, ongoing threats of violent extremism and nuclear proliferation, global recession, climate change, hunger and disease, and a widening gap between the rich and the poor. But they are not reason to despair about the future. The same forces that compound our problems, economic interdependence, open borders, and the speedy movement of information, capital, goods, services, and people are also part of the solution. And with more states facing common challenges, we have the chance and a profound responsibility to exercise American leadership to solve problems in concert with others. That is the heart of America's mission in the world today. Rigid ideologies and old formulas don't apply. I think this system that we have, this interdependence, is inherently unstable and unsustainable. So I think the great mission of the early 21st century is to move from interdependence to integrated communities and eventually to a global community defined in three ways, shared benefits, shared responsibilities, and shared values. It was 1956. America stood at the pinnacle of its prestige, and the Rockefellers were the nation's first family, not only of wealth, but also of power. If there was an establishment in America in the 50s, it was these Rockefeller brothers. These young men have taken their place as these uh, absolutely unique members of a unique family. They were, in many ways, at the center of business life, conservation life, environmental life, political life. They were in the middle of it. That's exactly where they wanted to be, and they loved it. Fifty years after Ida Tarbell's scathing attack on John D. Rockefeller Sr. in McClure's magazine, Fortune magazine published a glowing profile of his grandchildren. Each brother was said to be worth upwards of $100 million. But more important than their wealth, Fortune argued, was the vast social empire which the brothers commanded. From their headquarters in midtown Manhattan, their influence reached into every sphere. Over the years, through the Rockefeller philanthropic enterprises, charities, support of science, their business enterprises, a web had developed which spread out and was interconnected with practically every center of power in, in our country and, and, and abroad as well. So this was the real strength and power of the family going well beyond money alone. Sometimes they would joke about it. They say, well, David, David gets Europe, Nelson is going to have Latin America, and, uh, you know, uh, John D. III gets Asia, and then they make some joke about what Winthrop got, you know, which would be something like Arkansas. Uh, 
But nonetheless, there was something really behind the joke. Stay with me. We'll be right back. This station would never air a word like, but if I had really said, you'd probably want to call in and make your voice heard. Think about that. Making a difference over one little word. If that's the case, what's keeping you from becoming a voice for the pre-born? Surely their plight is more important compared to a word. So if you're ready to make your voice heard, visit BeAVoice.net and get involved. After all, it's not that first beep we're concerned about. It's this one. Global events. Fulfilling biblical prophecy. Special investigative reports. Unafraid to explore the challenging issues facing humanity. This month's special offer is the book, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century. This book has 20 experts in fields of science, politics, warfare, finance, ethics, theology, and much more who offer experienced advice. And you can get your copy just by sending your check for $25 to Changing Worldviews, P.O. Box 995, Cedar Ridge, California, 95924. Again, P.O. Box 995, Cedar Ridge, California, 95924. How to overcome the most frightening issues you will face this century. And as a bonus, a second book, The ABCs of Globalism by author Deborah Ray. I'd love to get these two books in your hands. Be prepared. You're listening to Changing Worldviews with Sharon Hughes. For even more content, go to changingworldviews.com and sign up for our free email newsletter. Sharon will be right back after this. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international order. The beginning of a new international order. But there's a very, very clear-cut and easily identifiable system in place that puts all of these elements from media control to government control to energy control together into one apparatus working together effectively towards its final goal, which is, you know, global control. A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. It's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. While we do want to keep a watch on these things, we understand that this is not the end of the story. We've read the end of the book, and we know nations have tried to dominate the world. This end-time world government, world domination. Woo, I mean, that's a word that only conspiracy theorists use, right? wrong. As a matter of fact, it's a classic theme throughout history. Anytime that a government or a country rises to any kind of stature of military and political might, part of that not only involves wanting to rule the world or dominate the world, but it also includes controlling people. Yeah, that's right. No conspiracy theory here. History proves it out. And another thing that history proves out in our day and age is the unbelievable and very real movement for population control. And I'm not just talking about abortion. No, I'm talking about a call for reducing the population that is presently on the planet. 
As a matter of fact, the call for extreme population reduction is on the rise, and worldwide population control is moving into the mainstream as never before. As a matter of fact, the London Times reported, quote, a secret billionaire club meeting took place in early May in New York, attended by David Rockefeller, Ted Turner, Bill Gates, and others, that was focused on how their wealth could be used to slow the growth of the world's population. As a matter of fact, Ted Turner has publicly advocated shocking population reduction programs that would reduce human population by a staggering 95%. You know, when we started in radio, one of the first shows we did was about the United Nations and the population control folks. And we reported how Jacques Cousteau was one of the advocates that was calling for a massive reduction in population. Many were wanting to see the population reduced to staggering numbers, but I have never seen this number reducing the world population by 95%. Ted Turner also called at this meeting for a communist-style one-child policy, such as they have in China, to be mandated by governments throughout the West as the model. As a matter of fact, if we kind of flash back about three years ago at the University of Western Australia, Barry Walters proposed that a tax be imposed on families who dare to have more than two children, like they have in China. Basically, this means families would have to pay for having more children. But Walters is just one of a growing number of people who advocate such thinking, and and he's not the worst. But he did say this. He said, as citizens of this world, I believe we deserve no more population concessions than those in India and China. And then last year, a well-known scientist in Texas recommended something far more dramatic. In a speech to the Texas Academy of Science, he advocated the need to exterminate 90% of the population through the airborne Ebola virus. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Dr. Eric R. Pianca. And believe it or not, his comments received an enthusiastic reception from his listeners, which is absolutely unbelievable. Now, something you should know is that his speech was ordered to be kept off the record and cameras were turned away. However, hundreds of students and scientists and professors were in the audience to hear his speech, which began with these words, quote, we are no better than bacteria. And in this speech, Pianca said that he preferred Ebola as the method of exterminating the, quote, necessary 90% of humans choosing it over AIDS because of its faster kill period. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a conspiracy theory. This indeed happened. He did indeed say these things. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is a worldview that believes the earth is too populated. We need to eliminate 80%, 90%, 95% of the current population. And they welcome the potential devastation of bird flu and spoke very positively about China's enforced one-child policy, to which he said, quote, we need to sterilize everybody on the earth. Now, this is ridiculous. What kind of mindset is that? And who do you think is behind? that mindset. Well, shockingly, at the end of Pianca's speech, the audience of students and scientists and professors, they erupted not into, as one writer put it, a chorus of boos and hisses, but to a huge reception of applause and cheers. 
He was also later presented with a Distinguished Scientist Award by the Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of thing that is going on in our establishments of higher education today. And if you think back to when you were in college, you know that you were impressionable. You were easily influenced by the passion of your professors. And the same is true today. It's time to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to wake up, America. It's time to know what's being taught in our schools, radical agendas that are finding ways to mainstream themselves into public policy, including here in the United States. It's time to pay attention and read between the words of the speeches of our leaders from our president all the way down and take off the rose-colored glasses and look at things as they really are. You know, it's not fun, shall I say, to be the bearer of these kind of stark realities. But if we want to know the truth and we want to understand the issues and the worldviews behind the issues, I can't do any less but to report the facts as they are. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I like to leave you with one of my favorite songs. And this week, especially after today's subject, it's a parody of what is now promoted as the agenda of globalism and the New World Order, the Great Reset. And it's called After the Great Reset by Neil Fox. We need to be reset. After the great reset All of our troubles will be left behind Thanks to the folks so humble and kind Our life is good After the great reset After we've all been saved from ourselves Everything's cared for by little elves Just like it should After the party's over And I'm all tucked in bed I'll be a pig in clover Nothing to cloud my head After the great reset No one will have to yearn to be free Everyone wins, it's called equity From up Nothing to call our 
said There'll be no hate and there'll be no war There'll be no causes worth fighting for Just peaceful harmony Everybody say This is new to you and you haven't heard the shows that we have done on The Great Reset. I really encourage you to check it out in our archives. We've done several and you'll be able to find out exactly in their own words. You'll hear it in their own voice, what the globalists are saying, the World Economic Forum and all the rest that yes, indeed, they say we will own nothing and we will be happy. Well, Until next time, this is Sharon Hughes. For all of us at Changing Worldviews, saying it like it is, because you deserve the truth. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Changing Worldviews. You can follow Sharon on social media or listen to her on many online platforms. Just go to our website, changingworldviews.com, for all the links. And until next time, stay informed, stay alert, because we are indeed living in a changing world.